Welcome everybody to the Clear Tai Chi Mastermind meeting for Friday, July 22nd of 2022. With us today is myself, Richard Cleary, resident host, and um, here in Maryville, Tennessee. And today, Matt Holker is doing it remotely, um, but he is the original organizer for Maryville, Tennessee, outside of Knoxville. Welcome. Hi, everybody. And you're sitting booted behind you. Um, and Daniel Hill in Phoenix, Arizona. That's right. Teaching Clear Tai Chi through Phoenix Internal Arts in the West Valley. In the West what Valley? In the West Valley, yeah. Art Don in the Washington, D.C. area. The one I'm uh, in Greenbelt, Maryland. That is 12 miles east of Washington, D.C. Welcome. Mark Mashad in the Michigan area. Hi, yeah, it's the Midwest Michigan area covering Grand Rapids, Tai Chi, and then the area in between. Welcome. Harry Leg in Verona, New Jersey, outside of New York City. Yep, hello there, Sifu, thank you. Uh, the school is New Jersey Tai Chi, and uh, yep, Verona is just about 15 miles from New York. Uh, we also have our uh, other instructor, Paul Shansky, who is in Fairlaw, New Jersey. That'd be about a half hour uh, from uh, Verona. Thank you. Philip Chan in Columbus, Georgia. No. Sheila Bell in Costa Rica. She's going to tell you what parts. Hi, everybody. I'm here in tropical paradise, Guanacaste, Costa Rica. Um, I have a school that's about 10 minutes from Laveria Airport in one direction, and then the other in 20 minutes from the Laveria Airport towards the beach. We also have a platform up at the farm. Sorry? You have a way? There's a platform for doing Tai Chi up in our, at our farm, which is about an hour and a half from where I live. And today is she is our she is the old person being interviewed, grilled, interviewed, interviewed. The uh, and so you'll get to hear a lot more about all of those cool things. All right, welcome. And Ty Talbert in now in San Antonio, Texas. Yes, how y'all doing here in Military City, otherwise known as San Antonio, and I am teaching in Converse. Welcome. Jared Blakesmith in Cleveland, Ohio. Thank you. Uh, my school is Emerald Valley Tai Chi. I'm mostly teaching in Lakewood and Berea at the moment, but I cover the Cleveland area. Welcome. Jim Kelly in Boca Raton, Florida. Yes, uh, oppressively hot Boca Raton, Florida at this time of year. Thank goodness for air conditioning, but uh, you could also catch us on uh, social media at uh, West Boca Tai Chi on Facebook. Welcome. The, uh, okay, so the promotion for today is Clear Tai Chi online and we have online and DVDs. And if you're, if you haven't done level one of Clear Tai Chi yet in order to get your foundation, um, then I think you should Avail yourself of that. You can get that at clearmartialarts.com. Again, we have it in DVDs. We also have it where you can do it online directly. And it will form your foundation for doing more advanced studies. And if there's some part of your Tai Chi that's been missing, I think you'll get the keys you need with 
that information. So that one, and then the other one is our, our Clear Tai Chi yearly gathering that happens in June. For that one, you would go to taichigathering.com and it's a fun time and, and a lot of learning and a lot of uh, really nice and cool interaction and fun and friends and, and new friends and old. And um, we look forward to seeing a bunch of you there. All right, so let me add any of that, Matt. Yeah, let me just add one thing. I know there are some exceptions on the call, and Sheila is a notable one, uh, but most of the regional organizers uh, that you hear on the podcast got their start in Clear Tai Chi with the level one, like whether they were doing Tai Chi before or this was their first entry into Tai Chi or whatever the case was when they really kind of got the power of what clear Tai Chi is and what, you know, what got them over those first hurdles and got them ultimately to the skill set they have today was that they started with the level one program. Um, and so definitely uh, I would recommend checking that out. Um, like Seeper said, it's at clearmartialarts.com. And there's a bunch of other stuff there too. If, uh, you know, if there's something specific that you're looking for from Tai Chi, um, you know, you can go ahead and browse the courses there, but definitely check out the Tai Chi Level 1 program. Um, it is jam-packed, and uh, and it's always, always at a very deep discount. It, it is, I've, I've figured out the math on it, and is, in terms of, like, video footage per dollar, it is the single biggest bang for your buck course that we offer. Um, so, yeah, clearmartialarts.com. All right. So, Sheila, you ready? Born ready. Okay, I'm gonna recommend that you leave your your mute, you know, yeah. so, so that it's off the whole. The, yeah. All right. And then anybody that's got any questions, feel free to jump in there and ask away. Uh, we'll start with what's your name, and it's Sheila Bell. Yes, that is correct. And school name and and all of that. So I actually have a really unique middle name and um, I'm going to be Sheila D. Bell professionally. So if you're ever looking for me, there's a bunch of Sheila Bells out there in the world, but I am Sheila D. Bell.com. <laughs> um, my middle name is Dorette, just so everybody's just so it's out there. I used to try to hide that when I was a kid. I'm not sure why anymore, because Dora is the root means a sweet thing. So you guys who know me, I am very sweet. So Dorette is my middle name. Um, my school is Balance Ideal Tai Chi, and I chose that name by looking for cognates, which are words that are the same in Spanish and English that have the same spelling and the same meaning. So right. Balance Ideal or Balance Ideal is the same in both languages. Oh, cool. Plus, it's, you know, ideal balance. What would be better for doing Tai Chi, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I love it. That's great. The, uh, and you're a Clear Tai Chi member school, and of course. And let's see here. Okay. Um, tell us your school situation, including satellite classes, um, city and state locations, um, and that. Yeah, so basically, um, I have a couple of pretty solid locations, but the school is essentially wherever I am, um, because I 
am very happy to go and meet people where they're at. Um, the, the place which I call Balanced Ideal has a lot of services besides just Tai Chi, and it is in Liberia, which some people know as Liberia, but I think Liberia is in Africa. It's really Liberia. <laughs> They're spelled the same, but um, Liberia is the capital of Guanacaste, and there is an international airport very close by. So in that building, we do, uh, basically it's like wellness education. There's uh, currently there's four ladies um, that we all work together that do all different kinds of uh, health modalities. Um, tai Chi being, of course, it's my building. So that's the headliner. <laughs> um, I also give classes currently from my home because a lot of the gyms where I was, where I was working here in Plaza del Coco closed during COVID. And I have a really nice big uh, living room. So, and my husband bought us an air conditioner since we were talking about <laughs> being cool enough in a tropical place. Um, so I can fit comfortably about six people in there, which is, it's about par for the course for classes these days. Um, COVID definitely affected. I had a group of seniors, 15 people were taking a class once a week and that entire institution just dissolved completely yeah. because it was like literally illegal for seniors to be together in a group at that time. Um, so unfortunately I, I am in contact with some of those individuals and they'll come to outdoor classes. Um, the lucky thing about being in the tropics is you can pretty much any time of the year, give an outdoor class, especially if your area has a roof over it. So um, people here do something called a rancho, which is like an outside, kind of like you would do at home with barbecue pit, you know, as long as there's a roof over it, they call it a rancho. So there's two or three different ranchos I'll go around and give classes at. Um, and then there's the platform, which is, uh, it's up between two volcanoes, about an hour and a half from where I live. And uh, that has a roof on it, but it's a, it's a, uh, would you call it recycled or upcycled? somebody was pulling up their deck and we took that teak wood and put it on an old um, cage. Somebody had a platform for cage fighting here. Oh my. It's a, little, it's a hexagon, right? <laughs> I wish it was an octagon, but it's a hexagon. And so we put in this teak flooring, took the cage off obviously and added a roof. And now that's my platform up in the middle of our um, chocolate tree farm. Uh, and it's got beautiful views and there's a lot of rainforest that we've left intact. So it's a really cool place to do Tai Chi. I've had a lot of sort of um, insights by practicing up there. And I love to share it with anybody who's coming through. Cool. At uh, this time, I don't, I don't have any um, assistant teachers. I've got a couple of people who have expressed some interest. Um, so we're giving them time to see if they develop in that direction. Okay. And then you've got some other things that you offer there as well, correct? Tai Chi, obviously being a sort of a headliner and then yeah. chocolate being a very close second. Or <laughs> yeah, so where I'm sitting right here behind me is the, um, it's like a souvenir shop you could say, but uh, everything in the souvenir shop is sort of secondary to the chocolate, which is actually produced right here. So the kitchen's in the back and the seeds are grown on our farm, which like I said, is about an hour and a half from here. Um, and I have developed a line myself, other than the one that we sell part of, as part of the family business, which is you know, a very high quality, small batch chocolate. 
but it's it tends toward you know the popular concept of chocolate as a dessert. The line that I've developed is with superfoods. It's got a minimal amount of sugar and a lot of antioxidants, all kinds of goodies um, that are healthy. So I mean, like, what better way to get your healthy supplements than in a chocolate bar? <laughs> um, and so yeah, we've got that chocolate that's here um, at my building in Laveria that I've mentioned before, uh, and also sometimes at my house I'll do. Um, aroma, uh, essential or essential oils works like uh, it's not really aromatherapy in the traditional sense of aromatherapy, but it's using the vibrational qualities of the oils. Um, and I incorporate Chinese medicine um, with the oil. So it's, it's, it's been a really interesting fusion for me um, actually with the Fakong to see how the chi should be directed, but accessing it through essential oils. Mm-hmm. Are, am I fading out? You had a little bit of a squat. Okay, sorry. So, sorry. Oh, no, it's good. Yeah, the, the Wi-Fi is not always great here. Um, no, what I was mentioning was that it has been a very interesting journey for me with the Fakong to combine that with the essential oils, because when you're sensitivity to the energy um, increases as it does in our system, Um, you can begin to appreciate things like the gemstones, right? Or, I mean, different modalities besides just Tai Chi, Um, because it's a, it's a, you know, there's energy and everything around us, right? So you can start to detect like what are beneficial foods or not beneficial foods. And in this case, uh, I've been using essential oils for many years, but I have a a new appreciation for them and their energetic qualities. So I will combine uh, the oils with the bakung in my treatments. It's nice because then the people can take, they can take home an essential oil and continue to use it, even if they don't really understand how to generate the chi for themselves. Yeah. Yeah, I just read one last night, I think, about um, some, some, ingredient or or chemical that is part of green tea that it was taught and it was talking about that if you had that one and we're breathing like the had it where you could smell it that it's got all these health benefits including this calming and relaxing and these other things and it was green like a green tea one and it said it, it had other stuff that it's that it said that it does um and this was a medical doctor saying this so yeah Western medical doctor. Anyways, um, okay. And then in addition to the Tai Chi, you also offer some other things there. Right. Uh, so the, um, so like the oil treatments and the fog. Right. In my know. case, I give lifestyle um, support. Like if people are, are interested in transforming their life and maybe that, let's say if they have uh, pre-diabetes and they have a plan from their nutritionist but they're having difficulty incorporating that into their life, then they can come and we'll sit down and talk about, you know, how can you make this plan work for you with your preferences and your lifestyle? And, you know, the fact that you're working so much and this and that. And so then it's a, it's like lifestyle consultation. And I often do incorporate um, Tai Chi into that because of the stress relief aspect. Um, And then the essential oils and the chocolate. And, but then the other ladies at the same location, are doing massage and Reiki and uh, belly dance and yoga and all just all kinds of does because the whole 
one-stop shopping for wellness. <laughs> book club meetings and workshops? <clears throat> we do have book, yeah, there's a self-development uh, book club, right? And then workshops on basically anything that any of our members or even people outside of our membership come and say, you know, I need a space to do a workshop. If it fits into our, you know, our concept of wellness, then, then we allow them to come into that space and, and do a workshop. Sure. Now you said that your platform is between two volcanoes, like, yes. so like you can see the smoke coming out on both sides. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, that's not like the typical uh, YouTube video from Hawaii or these active volcanoes where a bunch of lava is gushing out. It's not like that. They are classified as active, but they're not like they're exploding all the time. It's just um, there's boiling mud pits, right? One of those volcanoes has a it has a geothermal electric generation plant, right? Mm. So they're harnessed the steam coming up there and the temperature difference to generate electricity. And um, there's a lot of tourism. There's a waterfall, which I'm sure you'll enjoy seeing, which is called Rio Celeste because the color Celeste is like sky blue or turquoise blue. And um, that waterfall is that color because of the volcanic activity, right? Because wow. it's a copper oxide coloration, right? The copper oxide, like, like the Statue of Liberty color. Yeah. Um, so the water is that color, right? So, so yeah, the, the volcanoes definitely influence and that's why our cacao is so delicious because you know how volcanic soils are the best for agriculture, right? And um, we're right in the middle of what's called the, the energy corridor. Uh, people who are familiar with Costa Rica may have heard that we, I think it's like 95% of the electricity here is generated through renewable resources. So um, from where our farm's at, you can get to the geothermal, you can get to hydroelectric, and you can also look at the, um, the what are the windmill ones called? Helio, helioelectric. Yeah, so there's yeah. all kinds of things happening up there. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Um, now, when you're out there doing Tai Chi and you get, and you go, wow, my Tai Chi is really powerful today, or are there earthquakes? It's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there's there's over 500 earthquakes per year here, Ooh. but um, you know if you feel one or two, that's that's about average. Like any particular place you may be at, um, you're not likely to feel them. You know they're pretty small. But yeah, I mean I think I think Costa Rica is right at the junction of four or five different tectonic plates. So there's a lot of activity. We're right on the subduction zone. We're part of the Ring of Fire. Yeah. Anybody's seen? If you've seen Nemo, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> they had something about the Ring of Fire and Nemo. Finding Nemo. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody? Any anything you wanted to ask about that? Any of that? Nope. Uh, I did actually have a question uh, having to do with uh, being by the volcano. Is that like a higher elevation than your normal training? Oh yeah. Um, so where I live, I'm like pretty much right on the beach. So when I go up to the farm, it is a higher elevation. It's not super high. Um, I can't tell you the elevation off the top of my head, but it's not high enough for coffee anyway. <laughs> it's good for the cacao trees because 
what you really want for cacao is high humidity. You don't really need elevation. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, for coffee. So, but yes, it's a different elevation. And I've really enjoyed on that platform, particularly the uh, to and from the mountain, because I can do that, like not just only in front of me, but behind me and to the side. <clears throat> and all of them are volcanoes. So it gives a little bit of a different sensation. <laughs> well, I was going to ask you that too, if, if you get a different sense of things working up there than down lower. Definitely. It's like if you are always giving your classes in one direction and then one day you decide, hey, I'm going to do this in a different direction and you feel completely different, right? It's like that, but multiplied by 10 at least. <laughs> to go to a different place and do your Tai Chi. I highly recommend doing that. If you, if you have the habit of only doing your Tai Chi in the same place all the time, you're really selling yourself short. You should go out and try in different places. And my particular preference is any place that has trees, you know, it can be under a tree or around you know, any kind of natural thing, but with the mountains or the waterfalls or any of these kinds of features that you find in nature, it really changes a lot. Yeah, yep. I found that when I was in China studying and I come home, there were things that I tried to do that I literally had to go to my notes and or my memory and write down like a process to take it from nothing step by step by step by step because although i had got to where i could do it there fine i couldn't do it here and it was weird i was like it's it's like it feels really strange and i had to like redo it like i was relearning it even though i was the one doing it because i had known how to do it and go through a process in order to be able to do it again and it was it was strange weird that would be the keep it weird oh anyways what I've been telling Carly lately. She says, dad's weird. And I'm like, Aren't yeah, all it is weird. weird. And she's like, I don't know. And I'm like, well, do you want me to really like be like the standard old dad that just doesn't do anything? Like, no. Okay. Then keep it weird anyway. So, all right. <laughs> um, yeah. And I noticed some of those things too. When I first moved here, we're only 10 degrees above the equator, right? We're 10 degrees North of the equator. Um, and things just felt different. I was like, what is that? Is that, is it the barometric pressure? Is it, you know, the temperature or whatever? But I think it has to do with, well, the heat, the heat's definitely a factor, but there's places you can go here where that's not as much of a factor. It's more of an, you know, by altitude, you go up, uh, it'll cool off significantly. But um, I, I think there's definitely some effects depending on where you're at in the electromagnetic field of the earth, um, yep. you know, related to gravity, like the earth kind of bulges in the middle. So depending where you are geographically. Also, if you're in China, I mean, just jet lag is going to make you feel different for sure. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, just it was a very different feel on the, getting there on the ground and back in America on the ground. I could feel a real difference. In, yeah. In Did you say that there's some that there was an electrical charge that's higher at the center around towards the equator than there is like further north or south? Um, I don't know about that. What I said was that the gravity is a little bit stronger because the earth bulges around the middle. So oh, it's yeah. like there's more mass between yeah, you so and the Yeah, so the further out you go, the stronger that gravity is, right? Mm -hmm. Even though it's being squashed out, would it not be the gravity pulling it in more at the top and the bottom than it would be at the sides? Or it's I think it's just because there's more mass under your feet between you and the center of the planet. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's going to make it feel different than somewhere that's not as like that. Yep. Yes. 
So, okay. Um, how many years have you been studying Tai Chi? So I started um, Tai Chi because my husband was looking for a way to reduce his stress load. And he started going to an acupuncturist who's doing the Twina massage. But uh, he recommended that my husband do Qigong. And so my husband got one of his friends to go with him, but they had to drive over to Liberia. I don't know if it was once a week. I think it was just once a week, but they got kind of tired of having to do that. So they asked the teacher, could he come to them instead? And he said, well, if you get a group of eight to 12 people, then I would be willing to do that. So my husband wanted to fill up the group and he got me and both our kids into the group so he could reach the, the quota of people, right? Yep. And so then the teacher started coming to my house where we have a half basketball court. So we were all learning Qigong out there in the backyard. Um, we were learning the Shibashi 18 and it was really interesting and I liked it a lot. Um, that was over 20 years ago. That was my, my initial. <laughs> and I've always been kind of glad that I did Qigong first. Um, and then the Chuan I learned later. So yeah. that's cool. how my journey started. And uh, being an acupuncturist as opposed to a Tai Chi teacher, he was simply trying to get us to learn uh, you know, moves that would help us to promote health. And if he did a treatment on us that we would understand kind of where the movement of chi was going and how to sort of prolong the benefits. Um, Be able to fill it and duplicate it, yep. Right, right. Yeah. And, but so he currently now, if he gets people coming to him and asking for Tai Chi classes, he refers them to me. <laughs> yeah, and then, um, so you started with him, that was over 20 years ago. And then the uh, first Tai Chi form, you did was the 24? The Yang 24, that's correct. And how long ago? About what year? That's maybe 10 years, okay. about 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, with the same, the same teacher. Mm -hmm. um, and it was about 2015 when he told me that I should take on some students because that would help me to develop better. Yep. You know, when you have, when you become a teacher, you have mirrors all the time yep. <laughs> staring back at you and you may pick up things in them that you wouldn't even see in yourself, but they actually learned from you. Right. So oh, he yeah. said, you should have a few students. And I said, well, okay. I hadn't really considered that because I got into Tai Chi. I have a very long history of health issues since the time I was about 14. I noticed some, some pretty severe changes that made me change my activities, made me change my diet, made me change all kinds of things. And it wasn't until I was about 35, I was diagnosed with some autoimmune diseases. And um, I, by that time, had already learned kind of how to handle my symptoms, even though I didn't know what the problem was. Mm -hmm. And Tai Chi was a huge part of that for me to help with the inflammation in my joints and the level of pain, um, sleeping, I mean, energy levels, every, just everything. It's like a whole overall good effect. Um, so I had always kind of considered I'm doing this activity for my own benefit. Um, but as soon yeah. as he said, you should teach, I was like, oh yeah, of course. Wouldn't it be great to share these things, you know, with other people who are looking for solutions. Um, but I didn't really feel prepared to be a teacher. And that's when I started kind of hunting around and I found a bunch of your stuff on YouTube <laughs> and I was like, okay, something about this guy, you know, it was just. The, the attitude in general was a lot more authentic and helpful. You know, a lot of the guys out there are kind of 
they're kind of got bigger egos or they're, they're, they're hyped. They're really hyped or there's a lot of, I don't know. I just, I felt a lot of affinity for the way you were teaching. And um, I think the first thing I took from you was the essential keys. Internal power, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think that's the first. That was back then, it was like an email. It would come to you in modules through the email like once a week yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah. And then after that, I started taking um, the level one. Um, so at some point during level one, I found out there was a Fakong um, workshop. And I was like, wow, that's really interesting to me. I had taken probably about the same time I started the Tai Chi, I was taking a pranic healing class and I was practicing pranic healing and I was think I was doing a good job. People would, you know, I mean, when I definitely was being able to diagnose people uh, through energy diagnosis and to help them but it was having some negative repercussions on myself, which <clears throat> I would chalk, to, chalk, excuse me a sec. <coughs> I would chalk that up to not having a good practice where I knew how to manage, you know, dealing with other people's energy and that kind of thing. <clears throat> but the Fakong was very attractive to me because of that history with the pranic healing. Yeah, a lot of times there's with things like chronic healing, there are specific methods for not taking on that other person's energy and or people, even if they learned it, they kind of like almost skimmed it. And so they forget it. And then they do the practices. The next thing you know, they start getting all the problems and things and picking up bad energy from people and that kind of, you know, that stays with them and that kind of stuff. And so we get them and then the fog gong, it's from the beginning all the way through how to not do that so that so that you're not picking up other people's energy and keeping it and how to, you know, it's basically how to get it off you if you did get it and then how to not have it come on to you like that while still, you know, getting a high quality treatment session. So yeah, I've noticed that that's one of the things that people really um, like about the system that way. It's, it's a huge thing about the system. It was greatly helpful. And I was super, super grateful because it allowed me to get back into helping other people. Cool. Yeah. So you said you started teaching in about 2015. Yep. And I think yes. <clears throat> I was teaching and I was teaching the uh, Shibashi and the Yang 24 for a bit there um, until, I think until, so I took your Fakong, <clears throat> I think it was 2017 and I was blown away. I mean, it was amazing, right? Like what people always talk about trying to drink from, trying to take a sip from a fire hose. <laughs> and it was just like, oh, wow, I should have brought a bigger basket for all these pearls. Uh, and, um, and I had already been studying level one um, but I was, I was taking it pretty easy. I was enjoying it. Um, <clears throat> at that time, I think the next workshop that I came to was push hands actually. And okay. when you certify the push hands, you get uh, an instructor certificate, right? And- um, Level one Tai Chi is that once you complete that, it's an instructor certificate for that material, yeah. 
Right, right. And since I had been studying level one on my own on the online course, I stayed late. I stayed after that workshop and went ahead and did the level one test. test. And I got all those certifications. So then I started switching over and teaching your sets. Cool. Because they're awesome. <laughs> Thank you. The, uh, anybody, any other questions on any of that? Or anything to add? Harry? Oh, no. Uh, yeah, all right. Um, the mar for martial arts study, um, uh, other arts, martial arts, uh, go ahead. No, no, I, I haven't had any other martial arts. Um, <clears throat> okay. I've looked at your Bagua. There's a lot of things in Bagua that I really like, um, but I haven't dedicated myself to it necessarily, but there's a couple of exercises like teacups in particular um, that I incorporate into the Tai Chi, but uh, I have had extensive experience in all kinds of different um, kinetic <laughs> activities my folks started me in classic ballet when i was four so um obviously that's not the same as tai chi at all but <laughs> I'm, i've been familiar with my body i guess and the movement for my whole life um i played soccer for 12 years i was on the swim team i started with uh synchronized swimming which is kind of like ballet in the water if you're not familiar with it and um and then competitive swimming later on uh, and in the meantime, I was playing basketball and softball and all these other things that, that we like to do in the United States. I grew up in Texas, um, so there's lots of sports activities. It's a nice long summer. Um, I would say <clears throat> with the dance, there were some times, you know, looking back, now that I'm familiar with the way Tai Chi feels and, you know, when you've got your chi going and how... Um, the way introspection can, can, can influence your movement, perhaps mm -hmm. that, that dance, dance has some similar attributes. And I was taking, besides the ballet, I ended up taking jazz and tap and modern dance, modern dance in particular. Like if you're doing swimming dragon, it really reminds me of the modern dance days yeah. back in the, uh, probably in the eighties in the early eighties, I was doing modern dance. Um, so no, I have not studied other martial arts, but I am very familiar with movement, movement as a science. Yes. <laughs> cool. Um, let's see here. What, well, what other credentials do you have? So you've got your level one push hands, you've got your level one, your level one through four on the fogong, actually your level one through five on the fogong. And then um, your, so your level one Tai Chi, clear Tai Chi, then your level one push hands. What else? Um, I also have the Parkinson's certification for teaching Parkinson's, uh, Tai Chi for Parkinson's disease. Mm -hmm. And um, I am very interested in the pathway of the advanced Fakong training. So I've taken some of those modules. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure what level that calculates out to, but I'm on that path for sure. One that I taught before was up through nine, but I'm working on a revision of the material and the revision is still the same material. It's just, uh, it needs to be organized 
from teaching it, what I found is that there was a couple of places in there that needed to be organized better. And so it's a process and one that I'll be getting to once I get done with our book on Tai Chi. So, Yeah, I found that. Sorry, that? if I'm not mistaken, there is also additional material that was not covered in that uh, first. Oh, there's session. more. I know there's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's always more. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the things I love about it. Um, so I would say other things about, you know, my history, the sort of influence, my, um, my role as a Tai Chi instructor. Uh, I was in the classroom for 15 years. I actually have a degree in marine biology. So I studied, I taught science for 15 years at a high school level. Um, so there's a whole lot of training that comes in when you're a teacher, everything from first aid, you know, through, uh, different methods for teaching, how to switch it up. You know, I, I have no fear of public speaking <laughs> after all that time in front of seventh and eighth graders, you can imagine, um, they'll put you through the ringer. So I, I'm good to like get up and talk to anybody about whatever they want to talk about. It's not a problem. Um, which it, it can be a big block for a lot of people, you know, sure. then I also am certified for the state of Texas um, <clears throat> to be an online teacher for public schools. Okay. So that course um, really prepared me a lot for the environment of, you know, like this podcast and doing Zoom calls and having materials available online and all that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and then I have, well, I have just a ton of certificates and all kinds of things that I'm just a very curious and lifelong learner. <laughs> so, you know, like the face yoga and the uh, essential oils and all kinds of good stuff. Cool. Sheila, I, I love that you have, you know, some real scientific credentials, yet at the same time, you are down with energetic healing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what all the conflict is, honestly. I, I think that they definitely uh -huh. support each other. And if you, if you study science and physics all the way up to quantum, the quantum level, you, you can figure out where all that ancient knowledge really was tied into. Yeah. Nice. I have a sister also who's an emergency surgeon and also an acupuncturist. So I guess there's a, <laughs> there's a certain amount of open-mindedness, right? But I think when you're looking at the heart of things, you'll, you'll definitely find there's, there's common threads. And fortunately it, it does seem to be coming, uh, to be becoming a little bit more mainstream. Um, I have a friend who's a registered nurse. They gave him some energy healing training. Now, it wasn't as substantial as what we've gotten, but the fact that they're taking nurses in a mainstream course and, in, in, uh, you know, taking them through that. Um, and I just had um, Rutgers Medical Hospital uh, um, for students uh, in, in Newark, New Jersey, um, is having uh, a workshop and they have brought in people such as myself to show these up and coming doctors what to expect in something of this nature, which is really cool that it is going yeah. in that direction. Yep. Yeah. So, Harry, so that's not quite as new as you may think. I actually, I had a um, two year appointment at the Uniform Services University of the Health Sciences in Bethesda, which is the medical school for uh, the military. And I uh, 
gave some lectures and I also taught a level one Reiki class. And this wow. was back, oh, I'm just trying to think. It was when I was in South Carolina. I guess it was in the early 90s. So wow. stuff like that happened on a small scale. Um, but uh, anyway, so. Well, that's great to know. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah, one of my uh, newer students um, is a retired nurse, and he is really doing very well with all the material. Of course, he's he'd studied martial arts for decades before he came to me, but it was one of those cases where he got to a certain level, and his teacher said, now you need to learn Tai Chi. Uh -huh. By happy coincidence, he ended up coming to Costa Rica for a year, and uh, but I think it's it's his training as a nurse that has really opened him to these kinds of um, energy sensitivities, for sure. So uh, one of the one of the issues, I guess, is uh, people of my age are very familiar with Newtonian physics, and so the question is, how open? are people to quantum physics, which has sort of different principles. Well, I think so that in the, in the same way as a soccer player doesn't really need to understand, you know, the three laws of Newton to play soccer well, um, you also don't have to understand quantum physics to be able to work with your own chi and affect other people at a long distance and all this sort of thing. Um, you train to it, you observe it, you test the efficiency of it, et cetera, and you come to understand it, but you don't necessarily have to be able to explain it on a quantum physics level. But there is, the interesting thing is that there is now scientific evidence that shows why these things are working or how. And so my point is, is just to be open to the concepts of quantum physics and what they do. You don't have to understand them but you have to be open to them. And if you're only open to Newtonian physics, then that limits you. That is correct. Yes. Yeah. Matt, uh, Ty, you're on mute. Sheila, something I think you'd appreciate being from Texas is that being in the Bible Belt, I was kind of hesitant to say anything about Fagang. And yet I've come across two people that do energetic healing here. And um, one, he's kind of, is my um, physical therapist and he seems to be self-taught. And another one who's also in the physical therapy field, no, he's a chiropractor and he's gotten it from a Christian point of view and reaching out to a higher power as a Christian. And I'm like, oh, that's, so it's not gonna be a problem. Recently, I went to a location that teaches judo to see about co-locating there to teach Tai Chi. And one of the little boys got hurt and I hadn't spoken to anyone about why I was there. And um, he hurt his elbow and I took the pain out of his elbow. And the woman looked at me and said, you need to teach here. <laughs> talk, uh, talk to the instructor about me teaching there. I'm like, I don't know judo. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, I love it. Cool. but people are open to it from the scientific and a religious point of view now. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, so I, I, so I sort of dealt with that. When I was teaching Reiki in, 
in Germany, it was no problem. Just it was kind of like meditation. When I got to South Carolina in the early 90s, it was a totally different thing, which is one part of the Bible Belt. When I got to Columbus, Georgia in the mid-90s, still in the Bible Belt, it wasn't nearly as conservative as South Carolina. So it's interesting, the Bible Belt is not a uniform in, uh, phenomenon. There, there are lots of different gradations in, in the Bible Belt, and things are also changing. But uh, So I don't know what it's like in South Carolina now. It was very, very conservative where, uh, yeah, it was just a, a very crazy place. And Columbus, Georgia was much more accepting um, even though they're both in the Bible Belt. So so that's an interesting phenomenon you have talked I guess I'll chime in and add that as a, uh, as a very scientifically minded person who is also interested in, you know, phenomena of all sorts, um, I find that clear Tai Chi is a really, really like it's, it's, it really extra appeals to me for that reason, because it gives me a vehicle to test everything um, and to, you know, experiment and to play with internal variables and really prove out theories about stuff um, and experience it firsthand. And that to me as a kind of a scientifically oriented person is just extraordinarily valuable. Like it makes it so much fun. It is one of the most fascinating uh, pursuits that, that like I've ever engaged in in my life. And, you know, as, as people have pointed out already, it keeps going. Um, there's, you know, there's, there's like always more. And so, um, so, uh, you know, for me, that's never been a contradiction. Like that's always, been a big part of the appeal to it is that this Tai Chi method, unlike so many others that I've been exposed to, really has proof and testing methods built into the system, like well, like really, really well. <laughs> and so, uh, so I don't know, I don't know, Sheila, if you have uh, anything more to say um, or add on, you know, on that note, uh, maybe it's been covered, but I wanted to share that. Yeah, for sure. No, I agree 100%. <clears throat> and I'm sure that's part of the reason why it appealed to me more than other options that were out there. Cool. The, uh, the other question I had here is what other careers do you have or do you do Tai Chi full time? And you probably answered that at least some. Yeah, I think I talked about that quite a bit. Um, <clears throat> I recently got an associate's degree in uh, business administration. Mm -hmm. And I think that hand in hand with the development of, of my Tai Chi school, which I do hope to expand and would ideally be doing full time. Um, the personal development that goes hand in hand with being an entrepreneur to me, just, I mean, I had no concept of that being part of it you know oh, but yeah. when you are developing like what you want to stand for and your name is what you're doing it's it's going to go hand in hand and so as my business develops 
um, it, it gives me occasion to reflect. Like, what am I trying to do? What's my purpose? What's my mission? You know, all these kinds of things. And, um, you know, having studied science, I came from a household. My father was an engineer. My mother was a med tech. My sister's a doctor. My other sister studied architecture and then strangely changed to political science. But uh, we don't hold it against her. But, um, you know, she has gone a route where she's doing entrepreneurial things herself, right? And so I've kind of slowly uh, followed into that. And my husband also has been an enormous influence on my life. We've been married for 30 years and he was always entrepreneurial. He started selling oranges on the bus when he was like eight, you know, and he had a little uh, snow cone cart when he was a teenager. And so he's also a lawyer, right? He studied law and he practices law. Um, but of course this store and several other endeavors that, that we've been through together have shown me how uh, being your own boss and developing a business um, is also a route for self-development. Just as Tai Chi also, as you're practicing Tai Chi, it gives you ample uh, time to reflect on yourself, right? And so I, I, I feel like I've gone through several transformations in my life. I actually was invited to lecture at a college class. A friend of mine was giving a uh, a course in, um, I think it was entrepreneurial spirit. And she invited me as a guest lecturer because she said, Sheila, I love the way you've transformed your life like four times. I want you to come in and talk to the kids about, you know, that kind of journey, right? So <clears throat> I do consider everything I do to represent myself, but I'm certainly not an island and I do everything, um, thinking about the people that I serve and it's it's really a, a great place to be and I do hope that the Tai Chi can can take off to a point where it's full-time um, but it's been a whole journey <laughs> and I'm loving it and I, I expect to continue <laughs> for quite some time. So uh, the next question, set of questions have to do with notable teaching achievements. And so the first one is, um, who have you taught? So in the area where I live, we have a phenomena which is called uh, snowbirds that most people are probably familiar with. It's a tropical, beautiful destination. And so a lot of people like to get out of their cold uh, uh, winter home, their home. Yeah, they're with their home when it's in winter they'll come down and spend three or four months. So um, a lot of the people that I teach are here looking for a chance to improve their health. They're probably retired and they're probably here for a short period of time. So um, I've developed some classes where it sort of caters to that. This is a course as opposed to sign up for a year because they're not going to be here. And then um, I hope senior citizens. Uh, like I said, I had a group of 15 and it was so much fun. They were so grateful. They had a great time. Um, I think they were getting a lot of benefit um, with COVID things have changed, but um, so that's another type of group. Mm -hmm. Then of course, I'm used to working with young people. So uh, it's, it's funny because a lot of them now are adults, right? So sometimes I have my ex-students come to me, sometimes they're parents because um, you know, when you're a teacher, you end up knowing a lot of people in the community. Oh, yeah. So, so yeah, I've got uh, that population as well. 
And then just the kind of interest that I have. Um, the reason I have that ladies group, right, is because I have met other people that are similar to myself that are doing um, wellness type activities, right? And so I also have that whole community. And the, the great thing is that we've been able to develop a culture where we're not trying to compete, but we're collaborating, right? So <clears throat> recently I was called by a friend of mine who has a separate you know, institution, but she's a yoga teacher. And she said, I would like to serve uh, the, here they call them the golden age, the people of the golden age. <laughs> because they don't always want to get down on the floor and do yoga. And there is some yoga that you can do from a chair, but she thought they might enjoy Tai Chi as an alternative to what she normally gives. Right. And so uh, it's great to be in that community where um, we support each other. Yeah. Right. And so that's been a, a really neat um, phenomenon. And so I should mention too that I'm bilingual. I teach in Spanish as well as English. And a lot of the people that are here are bilingual. So um, some of them were born into a Spanish speaking home and learned English. Other people, when they wanted, they decided they wanted to come retire Latin America. So they're learning Spanish. So uh, it works out really nicely to mix it up a little bit um, with the languages and people appreciate, they say, Hey, I'm learning so much with the Tai Chi. And I really appreciate that. I get to practice my Spanish yeah, or vice versa. When I am teaching in Laveria, the classes are almost exclusively Spanish. Uh, but when I'm here in Playa del Coco, they are mixed. And then um, the farm is more like when there's a retreat or a special event or things like that. And so then in that case, I just, you know, play it by ear and, and do whatever's appropriate in the situation. Cool. <clears throat> I haven't had any kids classes yet. Um, I don't want it to turn out to be like I'm babysitting, you know, but if there were kids that were interested, I would definitely be open to that. I'm, I am a, a, a trusted professional with that age group. So um, I, I know. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say I, I know all their tricks, <laughs> but if they were if they really like something, you know, and they get into it, then that's that's fascinating to me. It's one of the, my favorite things about teaching is when people are like, "Oh, wow, okay," you know, I get it. Right, that's the moment that we as teachers enjoy seeing that that something has really been, you know, internalized by the student. With children, if, if the class is, is geared and the material is taught in a way so that it's very conducive to where they're at, then that's good. If you're going to teach it a little closer to traditional, you know, or not traditional, but the way that Tai Chi is typically taught, then you're better off with that to say, hey, I will teach your child, but the parent has to be in the class with the child. Of course, I'm not going to be disciplining anybody. I'm not going to be making them do it. That's your job. My job is to teach Tai Chi and like that. And so you could go either route with that or, or a mixture of that. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying that I'm, I'm open to the idea. Um, so far, the kids that have been presented as possible students, it's because their parents wanted them to have an activity. And so yeah. I've been like, well, let me talk to the, to your child and find out, you know, and um, they, that was not the case, so. 
I'm waiting for those students to knock on my door eventually. <laughs>